Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's welcome the group in Canada with us this morning. Looks like they got a good assembly. And then, praise the Lord, you can be seated. Looks like they got a full house up there today. And we got a fair congregation here again. Let's give the song music one more hand. Amen. Now, that talent was laying there all the time. It's just got to be put in use. Amen. You got to work at it, work at it, work at it, work at it. I enjoyed that. Thank you. They still got one song, though, I've requested, and they haven't got two yet, but they're working on it. Working on a building, working on a building. How many are still working on a building? How many come hungry this morning? Well, good. Praise the Lord. This is going to be easy. Amen. When the congregation's hungry, then the Lord always provides and feeds, right? And that's what we're looking at today. We're looking at the subject, and we're trying to get just a little bit deeper. How many likes go a little bit deeper? When I learned how to swim, knee-deep water was deep. My mother said, now you can't go swimming until you learn how to swim. I never could figure that out. I always said, Mom, how am I going to learn how to swim without getting in the water? Well, you'll drown if you don't know how to swim, so don't get in the water until you learn how to swim. That sounds like a lot of doctrines in the church, right? You can't get it good enough until you get good enough, but you can't get good enough to get good enough. Amen. So we're looking at basically three gardens and three trees. That's the whole gist of this Bible. And the great mystery of the Bible is one tree. That tree is, Brother Bram, called Christ, the mystery of God revealed. So always remember Christ. And that's the great mystery of today, the doctrine of who Jesus is. That's the hidden element of the church. That's the hidden element to your eternal life. It is the hidden element of our existence. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. That's the message of this hour, is the revealing of Christ. Now you can get several definitions of Christ, but Christ actually means the anointing, or the anointed one. It could speak of the anointer. All right, Jesus of Nazareth was the anointed one. So if he was the anointed one, he had to be anointed with something. If he was the anointed one, he was not the anointer. Getting you right back until you absolutely see Psalms 110.1. The Lord said unto my Lord. Maybe I'll get you the scriptures one day. I think 196 verses in the Old Testament and the New. It's called a name. And the name is my Lord. All references of the Old Testament that speaks of my Lord never speaks of a deity. It's always speaking of a master. Like my Lord speaking about Abraham. My Lord speaking about a king. Anytime you use the term my Lord, you're speaking of a non-deity. When it speaks of God, Elohim, or God himself is always the Lord. The Lord because there's only one Lord, Elohim, self-existent one, one God. And he understands that. And he is spirit Amen. and life. Amen. 
So there's only one source of life, and it comes from God. So when you use the term the Lord, you're speaking of Elohim, Jehovah, self-existent one, God, the Father, creator of all things, the Lord. Then it shouldn't be a mystery of Psalms 110.1. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thee on my right hand until I make all thy enemies thy footstool. Speaking of two people or two different entities. One of them is not a man. One of them is God. One of them is a created man called Jesus of Nazareth, the only begotten or created Son of God. It is very easy to understand the Godhead because God is the head. There's no other head except God. And He is the head of Christ, the anointed one. And Christ is the head of man. Because we'll see it in a few minutes. Out of God come the Logos or Christ, and out of Christ comes the man. Out of the man comes the woman. So God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of woman. How many understands that? The begetter, the initiator, are the headship of or source of. So when we try to go back to in the message, and 90, I would say 95% of the message people are, as Brother Brown called, oneness. Believing that there is only one God, and God created a body of Himself, and God lived in it, making it God in flesh, one person, one God, and look at Jesus only as a body. They do not look at Him as a person. They do not refer to Him as a son or an individual. They only refer to Him as the body. The great argument of the minister's meeting back in 90-something, 89 or something like that, Doug, whenever we went to, I don't remember what year, it was that the body had evaporated. When God left the body, there was no more body. Where it went was the mystery, and they had different versions of that. So the true revelation that brings you eternal life today is the revelation of Christ, the mystery of God, revealed. Because you will find yourself in Christ. You are in Christ. You are in that seed. All right, so we're going to look at these trees now. And remember, the mystery tree here is the tree of life. And it is the mystery of God now unveiled or revealed. Until the seals opened in this hour, Christ, the Logos of God, was a mystery hidden or unveiled. Not unveiled to us. It wasn't open. So keep in mind when Adam and Eve was in the garden. It says there was a tree of life there. But that tree of life I believe. Could be wrong. But I believe was hidden. From the understanding and the knowledge of Adam and Eve. If they had understood the mystery of the tree of life. As soon as they eat the poison from this tree. They would run over and eat the antidote from this tree. Even though they knew the tree was there because God told them, they never made use of it because it was veiled to their understanding. How many understands now? And it's been veiled all the way from the Garden of Eden. In this hour, the veil has been taken off. And this morning, you have free access to the tree of life that you can eat thereof and live and never die. That's what we're looking at in this lesson. So... 
Last lesson, we spoke of three classes of trees. And I made a statement here that the whole life was a matter of eating. The whole manner of life is eating. I mean, knows if you do not eat natural food, in 41 days, you'll starve to death. So you got to eat to live. But how many would believe that you could basically eat all you wanted every day and starve to death? Because you can feed the body, but you must feed the soul. So there's a, three times the trees in the garden. One was to eat and live to sustain the body. All of those trees come out of the ground. There was one tree there that they had to eat to make their soul or have their soul move to a higher form of life to absolutely create a body around itself. Remember the, uh, Brother Brown made the statement that around the born again experience in here, your soul. There's an immortal body forming around that born again experience. And it grows and grows until it absolutely will transform and immortalize the physical body that your whole being, soul, spirit, and body shall live forever. That's in the plan of God. That was in his mind when there was nothing there except eternal spirit, total darkness as far as we're concerned. But there in his mind, this great one, this eternal one, Absolutely created in his own mind this plan because he wanted to be known. He wanted to be expressed. He wanted to become physical. He wanted a family. He wanted sons and daughters. He wanted servants. He wanted a kingdom. He wanted a throne. And he wanted a place of government. That's God's plan that he had before he ever was God. So there's one tree for food to sustain the natural body, and it must eat to live. If you don't keep the nourishments in this body, uh, it will die. I remember, and I had my 80 big 80 last week, and I thank everybody for gifts, uh, comments, compliments, happy birthdays, and I thank everyone, Canada, here, whatever. But the big 80 is a number that after this, it's only the grace of God. He promised to give us health for 70 years, prosperity and health for 70 years. 80 years if we were diligent and basically honored your father and mother. You may be granted 80. After 80, there's no promise. Except eternal life. That's the beginning right there. So let's look in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9. And it said, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. Now, I'm going to close there. I looked this week, just want a reference. If you go on the internet, which has got anything there you want to find. I found about 200 videos of people te teaching on the serpent seed in the Garden of Eden and trees. Uh, one of the leading teachers today is Perry Stone. I don't know if you know him. So I turned on him. He's going to preach on the serpent seed. I said, well, I'll just see what he has to say. He knows a little bit about everything. And he said, number one, that some people, I'll start my sermon off this morning on the serpent seed, and some people believe that it was a sexual relation in the garden. I do not believe that. And I'm going to show you where that is fallacy. I didn't have to listen no more. I just went to the next one. Because I knew he didn't know what he's talking about. 
Every one of them has a different ministry, all the way from giants to angels coming down, and they got all kinds of theory, but not a one of them, except one man sitting in his basement, and basically, whatever more, he understood what the sin was in the garden. And he was pulling for money and whatever more, so I said, well, he may not have it, I don't know. But he actually knew what happened in the garden, that's what the, praise God, maybe keep making videos on out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So anything out of the ground won't kill you at this time in the garden. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. The tree of life in the midst of the garden means it was in the center of the garden, but it, must be, it wasn't a physical tree or a little tree to be seen with the natural eye. So the tree of the life was absolutely veiled. It was there, but I do not believe that Adam and Eve had come to the revelation of what the tree would produce. Eve didn't know, because when the serpent tried to explain it to her, she didn't know, and basically she was deceived and caused a fall. Watch. Also in the midst of the garden, uh, in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So there's three kinds of trees that God mentions here. One that's good for food, one that is unseen that didn't come out of the ground, which is the tree of life, and we know that's Jesus Christ, or the anointing, the Logos of God, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, so we might as well put it up front, which was the woman. In Genesis 2, 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. That's these trees over here. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So you got tree that's good for food. The tree of life, which is the mystery. The tree of life is always the mystery. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is two laws of reproduction. She can bring forth good and she can bring forth evil, which she did, Cain and Abel. Two seeds, two lineages. We know also by Scripture, and I give it to you last week, in Ezekiel 28, 12 to 16, we know that Satan was in the Garden of Eden. And we could have spent a long time on that study because basically it said when he was created, he was created with all these stones and whatever more, which makes up the breastplate or the epod, Urim Thurim of the high priest, which when they had a revelation, the lights would light up to understand that it was of a God. So the priest was the interpreter of the revelation of God, which Satan Absolutely one stone out of place there. If you'll follow the stones, one stone was out of place. And he come down in the garden as the anointed one. And he anointed the serpent to basically speak through him to deceive Eve as the interpreter of God's word. Or he was the high priest in the presence of Almighty God. Which we know that he was the anointed cherub that covered. So he was covering the word of God. He was Michael and Lucifer was the two cherubims represented in the ark. That they were the anointed ones that was co-equal there. And we know Michael was Christ. And basically uh, Lucifer was Satan. The right hand and the left hand. We found in Satan something missing. He said you was perfect in all your ways. Most beautiful creation ever made. But until iniquity was found in you. And as we said over and over through the years. Did God make a mistake or did he not know what was in Satan? He created him. And he said God created evil. Oh, there's a dispute on that. God couldn't create evil. He created Lucifer, which was perfect. In him 
was iniquity. And he was perfect until iniquity was manifested. In other words, one day, as I said, you can act out a drama all along, but one day, that true spirit nature in you will manifest itself. And in this hour, we've come to the fullness of the Word of God, where the prophet, now this is not me, the prophet required us to be one with the Word, every word, one word off is back to Satan's Eden. Many times people say, well, Brother Gregory preaches on the Godhead. He preaches on two Lord. Why does he labor on that? Because one word off is Satan's Eden. And since the majority of the people come out of oneness Pentecostalism or Trinitarianism, and that's what all of them were until Brother Branham brought the truth by the opening of the seven seals, most of them, 99% of them never corrected their understanding of who Jesus was and what we call the Godhead to be able to worship God in spirit and in truth. You mean to tell me, Brother Gregory, if I've got God one like my finger, that I am in Satan's Eden? Amen. And if we taught the Bible as the Bible is written, John forbid any of us to have anything to do with anyone that did not believe the Father and the Son. Because if you receive the Son, you receive the Father. If you don't receive the Son, you don't receive the Father. And he wouldn't even fellowship with anybody that did not bring his teaching or revelation of Jesus Christ. We are not legalistic, but you've got to be aware that there is error in the framework of the message of the hour. The tree of life is here. God sent us a vessel, reduced himself down to a man in a voice, and separated error from truth. That's where we're at today. That's the reason why very few will make it all the way to eternal life. And eternal life is being one with the Word. That does not mean you have to memorize the Bible because you can do that and go, to, go straight somewhere else. You've got to be able to believe the Bible, receive the interpreted Word as brought by a prophet, and eat the Bible or be partakers of the tree that is here to be able to change your body, to be the manifested word of this hour, that we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. This is what's sitting before us this morning. Every person on the earth today, and around the tree of life, which is the revealed word of the hour, that we call the message. It is the appearing. People say, well, I don't believe that uh, Brother Gregory preaches that Jesus is here. Jesus is the Word. He is the anointing. He is the Logos of God. We are not referring to the man, Jesus of Nazareth, created in the womb of a virgin, died as the Redeemer, raised by the anointing of Almighty God, Sended to the throne of God, and now he sits on the throne as our mediator, our intercessor, representing you and I. Because you believed, watch, you believed that he raised from the dead. If you went to the water and was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you were confessing that you believed that Jesus was the promised Messiah. He was the anointed one of God. 
He was the tree in the garden. And if you eat of him, that means receive him, you shall receive the life that was in him. You actually believe that he died. And by dying, he made you perfect. And you believe that God raised him up from the tomb. So when you're baptized, you're confessing, I accept Jesus as my Lord. I believe he was the Christ. And I'm baptized, I'm buried with him in burial. And I'm raised with him in the resurrection, proving and testifying to the people that you believe there's an empty tomb representing your redemption that God raised Jesus from the dead. There is a garden over there. The Bible said it was a garden. There was no tomb in it except one. And there's where they lay the body of Jesus in a garden, in a tomb. That tomb stands empty today. As a memorial, there's where our Redeemer paid the price, and that's where our God, the great self-existing one, Jehovah himself, raised that body from the tomb. He quickened that mortal body. And by doing that, and us accepting that by faith, He will also quicken our mortal body and raise us up into glory with Him. That's the theme of the gospel. So this tree of knowledge of good and evil was not a tree growing out of the ground. Neither was it formed out of the ground. Adam's body was formed out of the ground outside of Eden. That's a good key right there. Because everything in Eden, except the tree that was put in there, is perfect. So when Adam's body was formed, he was both male and female. You know, understand the story, very principle. God absolutely opened his side. We say, take a rib out. He took a part out and basically formed another body and put the feminist spirit in it. That's the reason Brother Brown preached against these burly women and all this. What more taking the place of man? What more? You should be the little feminist spirit in there called the female that should actually blush. What's blushing, Brother Gray? That's why blushing has gone out the window, so to speak. You can't, you can't find hardly a blushing place any place. The women now will make men blush. Isn't that a shame? I didn't think I'd blush nothing, but some of the women make makes a man blush anymore female spirit so what the prophet is preaching on that people calls legalism that they take as headship what they say is domination or dominance of the woman is not true it's speaking of the headship speaking of leadership example responsibility so when you take a wife You're taking the headship or the responsibility for that woman. Come on now. And the man is responsible for the training, the nurturing, and the keeping of the woman as Christ is to the church. We know all along that the woman always is the instrument of failure. Because she was a byproduct of man. Not in the original creation, because anything in the original creation could not fall. But remember now, our gracious God, all-knowing, 
How many thinks God's intellectual or smart? I would say he's pretty intellectual. He's probably got every book for, memorized, forgot, because he wrote all the books and formed all the words. Because God is word. <laughs> so we're looking at this. To eat now, when he put in a body, he had to eat to sustain his natural body. Like I said, if you don't eat, don't get the right nutrients, your body will be sick and whatever more now after the fall. Before the fall, there was no sickness in the body. What come into sickness come in by sin, which we know was partaking of the woman or the tree of life. Natural reproduction brought in sin, brought in sickness, and brought in the weaknesses of the flesh. So this tree called the woman was not taken out of the ground. So therefore, it was a very unique tree because it could produce both good and evil. She is a fruit tree. And when we get over to future home, the reason Brother Bram said we must have the bride tree restored is because the groom tree, which is Christ, cannot reproduce itself without the female tree. So there has to be a reproduction or a restoration of the bride tree, and that's what we're looking at in this study, and that's who we are, and that's the mystery of the hour. We are restored Eve. Back to both male and female together as the bride tree. When we get over into New Jerusalem, we remember the tree of life stood on one side of the river. And on the other side of the river, the tree of life here and the tree of life here. Representing both the bride and the groom as trees symbolic of the story of redemption. And you'll find that the kings of the earth, the people, are still living off of the tree of life, which will be the bride, because she will produce 12 manners of fruit, and they'll come in every 30 days and get fruit and take out to the nation. The people are still being kept alive by eating from the tree of life. Amen. But that tree of life in the new Jerusalem is the bride. Think about that now. Brother Bram said here, now watch, and Ernest uh, continued for the faith. He said, now remember, those born of a woman would die. The day you eat of that tree, the day that you bring reproduction through that tree, you're going to die. Everything that's born of woman dies. Everything that's born into life by sexual birth dies. Because it's only potential, it's only temporary. Watch. He said, here's the tree of death. And he's pointing, must be pointing to a picture or a drawing he had on the board. He said, here's the tree of death. And I have my idea what it was. You can have yours. And they got thousands of ideas out there what it was. But anyway, that whenever they'd taken this tree, they were going to die. But if they ever taken this tree... Now, he says it in an odd way because if they ever taken this tree, means if they ever take of this tree. To me, if we ever take of this tree, not if they had taken of that tree, because I believe it was veiled to them. Because the plan of God, which was written in a book, had your name and my name written in it. So if they had taken of that tree, you and I would never end up in a glorified body. Would only come by the natural birth 
and live forever, which would be horrible. If the aging process were there, who would like to be 900 and something years old at the pains and whatever more you got at 75 and 80? My Lord, you wouldn't be running around the mountain putting your heels together, I don't think. He said, now watch, if they ever taken this tree, they were going to live. Now this tree was a mystery. I keep repeating because we're getting down to where the message is. Christ, this tree, is a mystery of God now revealed. Remember when the prophet said, I'm going to preach this uh, sermon this morning. Christ, the mystery of God revealed. And we find God way back in the back parts of his mind. Now think of this. Here's a man talking about the back parts of God's mind. He said, way in the back parts of God's mind, God had a mystery. And this morning, by the grace of God, that mystery will be unfolded before us today that we can see what has been hidden from angels and from man from the very beginning, now made known to his sons and daughters because it's time for the bride to know who she is. So when they had taken the tree of death, this tree over here, he said, that separated them from God, and he put an angel around that tree to keep them from taking it. Why partaking of that tree separated them from God? Because God said, don't take of it. You mean it's that easy to get separated from God? Absolutely. Absolutely. If God said, don't partake of that, and you partake of it, you've separated yourself from the Word. If the Bible says, sisters, don't cut your hair, I'll get down where the prophet preached it. And you say, well, it won't hurt, I'll cut it anyhow. You've not only separated yourself from God, you separate yourself from your husband first. Because you got to separate from your husband to get separated from God because he represents the headship of God. So when a woman goes out here and dresses like a man, cuts her hair off and takes the position of her own responsibility, she first has to leave her husband and then she has left God. Because her husband represents God, the word, to her. Boy, you got awful quiet, didn't it? You say, well, I'm on my own. I'm, well, just go ahead. That's all right. We'll see you down the road one of these days. That's the reason why when you fall in adultery, what did Brother Bram say? She didn't sin against God or he didn't sin against God. She sinned against her husband or he sinned against his wife. Right? You go make it right with your husband or make it right with your wife, make it right with the other partners, and then you're back in fellowship with God. Okay, if the proper teaching of that, which is bad as it is, if it was properly taught according to the Bible, can a man get right and be reestablished to God and the sin be cast behind him and he goes on with God? Can that happen or not? That's the question. Most people in the message say, if you ever make a mistake, you're gone, period. No redemption, no hope, done, you're finished. I don't quite see it that way. 
I see a lot of different things, but I don't see, quite see it that way. Well, I, I'm not going to tell you how I see it right now. That's what I'm going to say. Well, how do you see it? Well, I'll see that in another position. So they would live forever. If they'd taken this, of this, that tree, they would have lived forever, even knowing good from evil. Is that right? All right. He said, then notice, that tree was the woman. And when Adam partaken of this, it separated him. This, the woman, still brings the life into the world. That's how the woman is saved by childbirth. And it's not childbirth natural. It was childbirth, which was Jesus Christ that come through the womb of a woman. And he remembers now. Woman shall be saved by childbirth. And they say, well, if she's got 15 kids, she's doing all right. No, it's not 15 kids. It's one, one man born by a woman without relationship with a man. The life in the world, it has to die again. So what the, but the tree of life that was standing in there, notice how Brother Brown puts it now, and he's going he's to jump 4,000 years on you. So you, it took me 35 or 40 years, and I still don't get it every time. Brother Branham preaches projection. He jumps 2,000 years, 4,000 years at a time, and expects you to keep up with him. And most of us are just not smart enough to keep up with him. But the tree of life that was standing in there was Jesus Christ. Now, you know that that was not the man that died on Calvary. That was not the child born in a manger. But he said it was Jesus Christ. Here, Jesus Christ, he's talking about, is the anointing, the Logos, that come out of God, which is called the Christ, the Son of God. Here was the principle of life. God in Christ. That's not God in the man, which we find at the Jordan. It's God in the light. God in the Logos, which is the principle of life, God in His only begotten Son. Jesus is not the only begotten Son by the natural birth. He's talking about the only begotten Son is the Son that was birthed out of the eternal spirit of darkness called the light or the Logos of Almighty God. He is the only begotten from the Father. Because Brother Brandon put it this way, God birthed forth from himself a son. Now then you have two. And the father said to the son, let us make man in our image, which they were in a spirit form. So they made a spirit man. Praise be to God. If you get some amens here, we'll get out of here real quick. Not out of the service this morning, but out of the life this morning, because this is the mystery of the tree of life, and once we begin feeding upon it, and it becomes out of our mouth as seed or word, it will change our bodies. Amen. Amen. Watch. But the tree of life that was standing in the garden was Jesus Christ. Now watch. That's an odd saying. You've got to watch him. When he, come, when he come down there at the Jewish feast that day. Well, it sounds to me like he's talking about Jesus of Nazareth that come down to the feast was standing back here in the Garden of Eden. So he must be one like your finger. If you don't get the revelation of redemption, the plan of God, you'll be a oneness and you'll miss it. 
It is a revelation of Jesus the Christ, your Redeemer, your big brother, <laughs> the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is what we're looking at. When he come down there that, at the feast, Jewish feast day that day, and they, and they said, our fathers eat manna in the wilderness. Now we'll get to why they said that in a while. Because the reason they said our fathers eat manna in the wilderness, Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, there's no life in you. Brother Branham come down, the same one come down in this hour. Nothing outside of my message will come to life. In other words, if you eat anything outside of the revealed word, it will produce death. That's the reason why he spoke so harshly, or what we call hard, against the Babylonian system, the great harlot system, denominationalism, because they got a creed, they got a doctrine, they got a dogma, they got a system, they got something that they've taken from off the word, and they are now the mixed tree. They are the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Come in here, we'll teach you about Jesus, and we'll feed you Starbucks and everything else at the same time. Won't work. And he said, and Jesus said, and every one of them's dead. But notice, but I am the bread of life. Here's the key. Here's the key all the way through the Bible. I am the bread of life that come from heaven. I am the tree of life that come from heaven. I am the first begotten. I am the principle. I am life. I am the creator of all things. I am the source of life. If a man eat, here's the principle in the Bible, eat. Everything is about eating and eating is receiving. Because you have nothing to do with it outside of what God has prepared for you to pull it off a little quote here, pull a quote here, take a Bible verse here, chew on it, and it's bitter, might get on your nerves, shake you a little bit. But if you swallow it, it does something for the soul. It will heal your body. It will bring peace to the mind. It will calm the emotions. In other words, you can bring all these demonic spirits that are causing your emotions to swing up and down and whatever more and whatever more. It'll calm them down and give you a strength, inner strength, to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Every one of them's dead. But I'm the bread of life that come down from heaven. If a man eat thereof, he shall never die. How many believe that word would still be true? If we ever get to this tree... And eat the uncorrupted fruit thereof. You'll never die. And what I mean never die. I believe my soul never had a beginning. Never had an end. But I believe it's talking about. No part of me. Will ever die or be separated from God. Not my body that I'm in now. Which is the body of death. Born in sin. Shaped in iniquity. Come into this world with a pronounced curse. A pronounced law of God. That body will die. That body will go back to the dust. Some will go young. Some will go old. But everybody that comes out of the womb will go back to the dust. Unless God comes down from heaven. 
and unveils himself or opens up the gate. And you come out and pick a big old apple off of the tree right up in top and eat of it. Because there's where the right one is. That last seventh day messenger. Eat that one and I guarantee you it's got the vitamins in it to immortalize your body. What do I got to do, Brother Gary? I got to keep all these. No. All you got to do is receive it and eat it. Praise God. Watch. Adam, created in their image, had a life. But like Brother Branham said, I can see Adam standing there. Like a tree. His toes had roots down into the ground. Standing there still. There's life in there. But then it said God breathed into his nostrils the breath of lives, which is souls. I believe at that time, that breath of life made a bloodstream. It, 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 it made a life stream through that tree. And he said, I can see Adam go, waking up, looking around him. Now he's alive. Glory to God. Everything around him was created good for food. It was perfect. Nothing out of place. He was perfect. Except he didn't have any fellowship. So he mourned around there for a while. And God finally said, okay. If you want a wife, I'll give you one. But it's going to cause you to separate from me. You're going to leave your father and mother. Which God was both his father and mother. You're going to leave me for your wife. And he made this beautiful woman. I don't think she was like these pictures. Fat and half animal and raggy headed and what more. Brother Branham said Eve looked like Marilyn Monroe. Glory to God. (laughs) Like Brother Branham said, the best thing God can give you is a good wife. Can you say amen, brothers? Best thing God can give you in this life is a good wife. Amy's got a good wife this morning. Since you look like Marilyn Monroe, I thought, boy, he done a good job at the begin with. He said, now, if you notice, women has always increased in beauty, increased in beauty. In this age, the women are most beautiful that's ever been in creation. And what are they doing? They're bringing the fall of man faster than they can be born. Amen. But Adam had a soul life. He was alive. That soul life now could go on forever as long as he just eat of the trees of the garden. Wonder how long he could live if he just eat those trees. If he hadn't have took this tree, which is death, he could have lived forever. And Brother Bam said he would eventually come to the knowledge of the tree of life, received, and be changed to immortality. If you notice in this quote here, if we still got the quote there, Jesus, Brother Bram called this tree here Jesus Christ. But Adam, to sustain his natural life, did not need to partake of this tree. So I would say Adam had three forms of life or two soul types or two life types Natural and spiritual. Let's just call it that. Make it reduced down. He had a spiritual life, which was soul and spirit. 
The spirit goes back to God. The soul is the very gene which is life. It's either come from God or it did not come from God. The body is its expression, and that's what we need to express ourselves is a body. Watch. But we know he also had to eat the fruit from the tree of life, not only to keep his body, that wasn't what the tree of life was for, but the tree of life, we found out, was to make and transform his mortal body into a higher form of a body called a glorified form. Now, we haven't reached there yet. Every man born for 6,000 years has died. That makes the story in the gospel of Jesus Christ to intellectual people as old-fashioned, out-of-date, and it doesn't work. Because people have been preaching the coming of Jesus, da-da-da-da-da, for a thousand years, and here we are still. We are taught that Christ, the mystery of God, was hidden back at that time in God's mind. Because the prophet said, this mystery was hidden in the back parts of God's mind that even the angels, neither the Son, only the Father, knew the mystery, when it was going to be, and to who it was for. The tree of life, we find out, will lift man up from our spirit life, our natural life. It will lift us up to the realm of humanity, up to a higher form. God wants to be physical, but He wants it in a higher form. He's going to lift us up from the earthly, from the physical, from the natural, and He infuses Himself in us by a means of eating. How is God going to become one with us? You say, well, it's going to be a process, a new birth, whatever, we don't know. He's going to infuse himself in you by you eating the tree of life, which is the word of God. Every one of you this morning has the symbolic form of God in your hand or accessible. Here is life. Every verse in here has life in it. If you partake of it, or let's say eat it, what I mean by that, make it a confession out of your mouth. Because if you take it in seed form, take it into your mind, digest it into your soul, take the life resource out of it, when you speak it back out of your mouth, you have gained the benefits of that seed and you have put it back into seed form again for the hearer to repeat the process. Oh, glory. Man, that left leg almost got well then. Praise God, one day we'll walk out of here and everyone will have a pain in our body. When the anointing comes upon us as it will... To quicken us for the rapture ride, we won't have a pain in our body. And we will feel so wonderful and so numb, so to speak, in the presence of God that you won't even realize that you have been vaporized from your blood and now you're only spirit, flesh, and bone. Praise be to God. That'll be a wonderful day. There's going to come an anointing from God that comes by feeding on this tree. Amen. 
going to lift us up. And he infuses himself by us eating. Well, I'm, I'm going to meditate. Well, meditation is good. If you meditate on the word of God. Let me just, wait a minute. Here it comes. How did Brother Branham say for you to be spiritually built up? Somebody tell me. What do you got to do to be spiritually built up? Read your Bible and pray every day. Why every day? Seemingly like the soul needs to be fed pretty regular. How many feed your body as many times as you can every day? My wife is a, well, she's got a little problem, which basically eating seems to satisfy about every hour, every two hours. I said, are you hungry? No. I said, how come? Well, I just got through eating this and I got through eating that and what more. You ready to go lunch? Yep. Let's go eat. So they tell you if you eat every two hours, you'll keep your nutrition. Run, da, 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 da. But to stay in life, I got a thought this morning I want you to get, is to eat. You have got to eat. My question is, where is the spiritual hunger, the instinct that you're hungry? How can people uh, come and get fed once every six or eight weeks? You must not be hungry. And if there's a soul down there from God that's calling for life, calling for God, because the deep calls to the deep. But there's got to be a deep down here to call to the deep. Come on. It's a call to the deep. There is a God who will respond to the call. There's something wrong in the hearts of man that can only periodically go and eat every now and then, especially if they can go and eat on every kind of food there is out there. You can't feed on a story. You can't feed on law. You can only feed on the body word of the Son of Man. Glory. And the prophet, I'll put that quote in there that you will get to it in a few minutes. Watch. We understand by the message of this hour that only the soul fed the revealed word of God, which is the bread that actually has come down from heaven. There's a cycle in the Bible. Only that tree, only that bread that comes down from heaven can feed the soul. Watch this phrase as we go through. Coming down from heaven. The children of Israel. I'll tell you a story. When they began their journey under Moses, they had a, the Logos there, the pillar of fire, the light. There was Christ. Led them. He fed them manna from heaven. They didn't know what it was. Just like people don't know what the message is now. But they knew when they eat it, they didn't stink. They didn't have no pains. They were healthy. They could walk all day. No disease. No problems. No snakes. No plagues. No family split ups. As long as they eat manna. Just manna. Everything went just right. 
But all of a sudden, here's somebody said, man, a man, a man. That's all we hear is doctrine, doctrine, word, word, word. I'm tired of that. Give me something different. So God says, okay, I'll give you some quail meat to eat. Oh, glory to God. That's what we, we need. Steak. We need. But what did steak bring? Nothing but problems. You notice then the snakes come in, the trials come in, and every problem come in. Death struck. When they got off of the word of God. But what I want to point out there, what God gave them to eat, they didn't want to eat that. They wanted something else to eat. What? The thing that stands out in the story to me is what? People did not like eating manna only. Word, word, word. People don't like it. They wanted something else to go with it. So they got quail, but they got problems and death with the wrong diet. Everybody say wrong diet. If you don't have the right diet, you're going to get sick. All right. Adam and Eve was kept from this tree in the garden. And I noticed in Perry Stone and all the theologians, MacArthur and all of them, they said, well, see, they was eating regular from the tree of life, and that's what kept them perpetually going. They never eat of the tree of life, period. Because when they took of this tree, God kept them from this tree. So that they wouldn't eat thereof and live forever. In other words, you will never receive the revelation of the mystery of Christ, the tree of life, outside of the word of this hour or outside the message or outside a specific time frame called today. That's the reason church history, the church ages show over and over and over. They come, they come, they die. They come, they die. They come, they die. Every time the brother Brown said, they denominated, they died. Why every time they organized, which would seem wonderful, fellowship and everything, why would they die? Because they changed the diet. They changed their direction. They left their first love, which was the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now then we find a whole group of systems called the great harlot and their daughters. But she's called death. And the message of this hour was, come out of her, my people. It's my Lord, my God. But God said, this is my people. The Lord said unto my Lord. Now my Lord said, come out of my people. It's very simple. So when they partake of this tree, if they had basically eat of this tree over here, they would have produced a good church system with the knowledge of good and evil. And that's what every church system that is organized, what they've done, you'll find when the spirit of organization sets in, the first thing that comes out is what? See it my way or the highway. Every time. The Catholic said, if you're not a Catholic, we're going to burn you at the stake. We're going to chop your head off. In this same message, that's the statements made to a brother when he didn't see the message exactly like they saw it. These same sanctimonious, self-righteous quarters of whatever. So we need to chop his head off. What kind of spirit is that? Where is, we need to get together and fast and pray. 
that we may recover our brother. That we may be able to take this spirit off of him that he can see again. But it's always funny when they get together, the veil t- was taken off of the wrong people's eyes. That's the reason they won't get together and discuss and eat the word of God, fellowship. Let's break the bread together. Amen. Come and let's have fellowship. Fellowship is breaking the bread together. We call it communion, but it's absolutely chewing and eating and digesting the Word of God, feeding from the tree of life that we can all may live. We're not trying to kill somebody or pronounce the sentence of death. This Word brings life. There's no death in it, period. So if they had done that, they would have brought forth a mixed tree. And that's what the systems are absolutely claiming today, that we can partake of the Holy Spirit and be on the crease and dog at the same time. Now, that's what Brother Bab taught. So what we're looking at this morning, I'm almost running out of time, about 10 more minutes. Look at the command that God gave man. The command was, you may freely eat of all the trees, but of this tree right here, thou shalt not eat of it. Now, that's the only command that God gave them. Everything here is perfect. This one here. Don't partake of this one here. Now, you've you got to be spiritually dead not to see what it was. Because if this tree was a woman, you, you're not going to eat her flesh. But more. You're not going to chop her up and eat her like a cannibal. If you're a little, literal interpreter of the Word of God, which I have discussed this was... Baptist mostly. Well, it says eat. It can't be sexual because it said eat. I said, Lord, brother, you can't be that stupid. And I, I used the word stupid. I should have said uh, unlearned. I, 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 don't, I don't know why it's so hard for the intellectual mind to see it. We've heard the story over and over, but since Alpha is Omega and Omega is Alpha. You look at the beginning, the beginning is the end. You look at the end, and you look back to the beginning. That's the reason Brother Brown said Satan hates the book of Revelation more than anything else. The whole plan of God from the Garden of Eden is to restore this fallen tree. Restore the bride tree. First bride fell. Second bride come forth on the day of Pentecost. About 20 years later, Paul writes you, this bride beginning to fall. She fell for the serpent's lie, just like the first Eve did. We know she was deceived, went into a mixed tree called denominationalism, organization. They've taught this mixed tree. We've had trumpets sound. Luther said, come out of her, come out of the just shall live by faith, not by these creeds and dogmas. You know the whole church history until we're coming all the way down to the day. Then God himself comes down from heaven. All right. You can only eat the bread that comes from heaven that attains eternal life. They was given this original commandment, the only commandment. Eat speaks of partaking of. Now, what we're, the mystery is, how can I partake of the tree of life? How can I eat thereof and gain the access or the benefits of life? There's always been the mystery. Everybody says, oh, I eat on the tree of life. And I say, well, what does John 3.16 say? Well, I don't know. 
Well, what are you eating on? I mean, what are you eating on? Jesus saves? Well, that's a little bit. What about Acts 2.38? Have you partook of that? How about 1 Thessalonians 4.16? There was a bread that come down from heaven. This hour, have you partaken of that bread? See, what bread you're feeding on is manifested by a life that comes right back out of, I get tired of repeating, it comes right back out of your mouth. It is your confession that proves what you've been eating on. All right? And it basically begins to show up in your life, and it transforms you product by product, inch by inch, morsel by morsel. It's slowly transforming your life into this image. All right, watch now. So eating speaks of partaking, and eating naturally is receiving, and receiving is the basic function of the human self. Everything that you've got, you have to receive. In the very beginning, this germ had to receive life to bring forth your birth. You get nothing from God unless you receive it and confess that you have it out of your mouth first. Can I hear an amen this morning? Are you with me? What we are trying to get across is, how do I consistently feed from this invisible force called the message here, which is the tree of life, which I'm promised if I eat it, I will never die. How can I do that? It can't be this complicated. But it is receiving. Like Brother Bram said, the true evidence of the Holy Ghost. That means you're feeding on the Word of God, which is the Word of God. The evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is recognizing and feeding on the revealed Word of God for this hour. Then if the revealed Word of this hour is not bringing forth a confession, which is your faith being expressed, what are you feeding on? Or are we getting the results of the life in the message of this hour? Church, what I'm trying to say is this. Looking at the problems, looking at the churches, looking at all of us together. There's something lacking in the framework around this tree called the message of the hour. There's something lacking around this tree. As we looked in a study around this tree, is basically whoremongers, sorcerers, adulterers, every evil thing is around the tree of life. Because why? All the churches are filling up. I looked at a guy a while ago, uh, the other week, and I don't know what his name was. He had these skinny jeans on and basically had holes in it. And he was this hip or whatever, more 25-year-old, 30-year-old, and had 40,000 people sitting there holidaying. I said, how, what in, how in the world are they gathering all these people in? And he's not saying nothing except some spiritual principle out here that so-and-so-and-so, you can make a fortune. Turn over to another channel, 30,000. Turn on another channel, 50,000. What's, what's, what's all this gathering do? In the last day when they turn down the tree of life, I'll send my angels out. Together the tares together in bundles. Come on. I'll anoint the false anointed ones with my anointing. I'll give them the mixed tree, a little of this and a little of that, and it will entice 
and seduce the spirits. Oh, hallelujah. It didn't feel wonderful. I'll draw them into crowds. I'll bind them up, put a mark on them, and burn them. But my bride, when I reap the fruits and the harvest off of my tree, it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah, where only eight souls were gathered off of that tree, put in an ark for safety, carried over, but that one real ripe tree right in the top that eat every word and built a pyramid, Enoch was changed and taken off of the earth. And that's one out of all the people. So here at the beginning of the race of man, the only man command was given was to eat, receive. The only way to immortality is receive. We have got to be able to receive something. And receive means to take something into us by hearing and retaining and receiving is still the only command given to us today. Receive. Brother Bam said here in Future Home, I believe it, I believe it is. Let's get here just a few minutes. I've got a little bit of time to watch. Then what happened, he said. He said, Adam and Eve here on the earth. And said, multiply now and replenish the earth. Their bodies was all laid out here. For you to eat and make your body. That's the way he had her doing it. But sin come along and interrupted his plan. She rose right along just the same time does. But what did Jesus do? God came down and expressed himself in the form of a man. Alright. The one is believed that that was Jesus that showed up. In the garden or in the manger there in birth. God came down at the river of Jordan. At the baptism of Jesus. And said with a voice from heaven. This is my son. In whom I'm going to dwell in. Because I am pleased with my creation. Called Jesus of Nazareth. And he that receiveth him receives me. And he that rejects him rejects me. And if you don't receive him, you shall die. If you do receive him, you shall live. Amen. So that's the promise. Watch now. So the scripture tells us that Christ is not only our life today. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But he has been from the very beginning the life of God made available to man. Now watch, I gave you two scriptures. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Watch now. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Now the tree of life was known in the beginning. Watch here, I will close. Okay, y'all want to come, now I'll find a place to shut out here. The tree of life in the beginning was not known as the man Jesus Christ. He was not known, he wasn't even in the picture until Isaiah promised a son shall be given and a, a child shall be born and a son shall be given and his name shall be Counselor Emmanuel. So all through the first 
4,000 years, so to speak. Jesus, the man, was not in the picture. They had only one entity in the picture, and that was that light that the prophets told, come to them, give them these revelations, whatever more. The story of Moses in the wilderness, every one of them knew it, and they all repeated it, and they all tell it to the children today. So this was not known as Jesus Christ, the man, but it was known as the Word. We call it the Word, but it was known as the Logos, the very expression of the invisible God. This light, this flame of fire, the burning bush, was known to Israel as the manifestation of the presence of Almighty God. And he's following me now. So when the light appears to our recognition, and every message person knows at the river, this light come down as John forerun my first coming, so shall your message forerun my second coming. Who's doing the talking? The light. It said a light appeared. That light was the one that Moses followed. That light was the one that's in the garden. That light was in Melchizedek. That light was appearing all the way through by the prophets. That light showed up at the birth of Jesus. That light created a form. That light come to him in the water. And that light said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm dwelling now. This is the bread from heaven. I am here as Jesus, the anointed one. I am the tree. I am the Logos. I am the mystery of God veiled in this flesh right here. Jesus can say that. You can say the same thing. The tree of life was known in the beginning as the Logos and the prophet called the Son of God. Christ, the anointed, anointing of God, the only begotten Son. Now that's very important because every religion and every church is founded on a revelation that is off of the Word of God. Less than 2,000 years ago, which is a long time to us, the Logos, this light, which we have a picture of it today by scientific proof. That light come and manifested itself that they could handle it, see it, see the life, see its manifestation, see its results, hear its voice in the flesh of Jesus Christ. And that light dwelled among those people for almost three and a half years. When we get to the next phase, we know that light left the man in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus went to Calvary to be hanging on another tree, a tree of death, to be made a curse. He went there as a man. God left the body, the man, Jesus, in the garden of Gethsemane. I heard listened to a lecture out to the ministry meeting several years ago, and that's where I got in trouble. I asked the teacher, I said, if, Jesus, if God left the body of Jesus, what would happen? He said, well, the body would just fall over. I said, you're a oneness. Oh, you don't call me a oneness. I'm not a oneness. I said, you're a oneness. Because if you're telling me that when God left the body of Jesus, he would drop dead, I'm telling you, you're off the word because of, uh, God left the body of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He carried a cross all the way to the mountain. He suffered in agony. He paid the price. And in the garden, we'll get to where he drank the cup 
praise God. If it be possible, Father, take this cup of suffering from me. But if it's not possible any other way than for me to drink this cup, give me strength to do it. And we'll get to that in our study. Here's a quote, and I'll read this, and I'll quit. Another man said he was, in other words, Adam, the first man. I wonder if we can put the quote up there. Can we put the quote? All right, here. In other words, Adam, the first man in the lower creations of God. The first creation was God himself. Now, you figure that out. God had never had a beginning, never had an end. How come God can create himself? To me, I believe that in God, God first created all things in himself as basically his thoughts and his attributes and whatever more. He wrote the book and everything was written before it ever started coming forth. First creation was God himself. Then out of God came the Logos. This little light, Christ, the anointing. The only begotten Son, called the Son of God. We call it the Holy Spirit. Brother Bam called it the Son of God. Right, right, came the Logos, which was the Son of God. He called it right the Son of God right there. Watch. Then out of the Logos, which was the Word, which was the Logos. He's going to repeat the Scripture. He's referring to First John, which was the Logos, in the beginning was the Logos, the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God, and the word Logos was made flesh and dwelt among us. Out of the Logos, watch, and then out of the Logos came forth the man, Adam. He made him a spirit man first. So you got three men in the beginning that is basically not visible, spirit, all in the image of each other, God condescending down, making himself a little more manifested, a little more known, a little more revealed. The tree of life slowly began to sprout forth its little leaves and branches and whatever more, but one day it's going to produce a fruit on the end of it. And we're going to eat that fruit and we're going to live forever. Amen. Remember how the canker worm, the palmer worm, the canker worm eat the tree, the second tree down, all the way down to the roots. This tree, watch. He said, then out of the Logos, out and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and out of the Logos came man, Adam. Now the tree of life, the Logos created a second Adam, a last Adam, and as I said before, at the river of Jordan, this last Adam was baptized, the sacrifice was washed, suffered unto me to be sold, John. And this light said at this time, this is my son, I'm pleased to dwell in. Now then you've got God, the Logos, incarnated and dwelling in a human created man. Now you've got a dual person. One of them was God, and one of them is man. Now, I know, look, I know this is against your Pentecostal teaching, but it's absolutely scripture, and I'll prove it to you. Amen. Brother Bam said that even the disciples didn't know when God was talking or when the Son was talking. 
They didn't know who was talking to them. Some of the time they thought it was a, the man and it was God, vice versa. It happened again. Most people cannot tell you in the prophet when he preaches, when God is talking and when the man's talking. Over and over he said, now what? Now this is just me now. I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm a man. I'm just talking to you now. And then they take every word as being from God, as thus saith the Lord. When the one that you're believing that every word is thus saith the Lord tells you that the words coming out of his mouth is not thus saith the Lord, that he's only telling you a story or only telling you that this is my opinion and this is what I think and so and so and so on. Don't take everything that is as thus saith the Lord. But when he said, now this is a word, this is the understanding that's thus saith the Lord, you can take it to the bank of this truth. You've got to be able to separate the man from God. That's what he said. Well, I remember. he said, the hard part from you now, I used to preach this way when I was 50. I think I'm going backwards. Don't you think? I think I'm going backwards. I'm, I'm at 69 already. The hard part for you is you don't know when God's talking or whether I'm talking. The hard part is you can't separate me from him. But he said, it wasn't me that spoke down on the river. It wasn't me that healed the blind and raised the dead. It's him. Oh, no, 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 it's Brother Brandon, Brother. No, it's not. It's Christ. It's the Logos. It's life. It's the tree of life. It's the bread that come down from heaven. I'll read you this text, and I'll, I'm going to take, uh, reserve the right to pick up next week and repeat this, although you got the notes. Jesus said, I am that bread of life. He could have said, I am that tree that was in the garden. I am the tree that God kept you from. I am the mystery that's been veiled to you for 4,000 years. Enoch got it. But the church didn't get it. But I reserved a carrot over of the church. I reaped the benefits and the fruits of my first tree. Started over again with Noah and his family. I had to change my plan, so I come down and picked up a Abraham, his faith seed. And I started fulfilling my word that the woman's seed shall bruise the head of the serpent. And the prophet spoke of me. He said, if you can read in this Bible, you think in them you read that you have eternal life by reading the Old Testament. But Jesus said they're only bearing witness to me. Brother Brown said, see, if you can't find Christ in every verse of the Bible, you didn't read it right. I always said, how can I find Jesus in every verse of the Bible? How can I find Jesus in every verse of the Bible? What I'm finding is Christ, the life of God, the mystery, veiled in a form that you're recalling word. This Bible is a mystery to 99% of the people's minds and hearts. And a major part of it I don't have a clue what it's telling you. Some of these stories and symbols in the Old Testament, I, I can't figure out at all. Song of Solomon sounds like a, a sexual love story to me. But it's got so much symbolism, who can understand? I've heard people attempt it, but hmm. But there's a part of that Bible in there that had to be manifested in flesh, and I'll stop. That part of this word that has to be manifested in flesh, I was a part of that word. 
Now I can see and understand that part of which I am. Because the word that had to be revealed in this hour in flesh is called the bride or the restoration of the bride tree. And that's what we are. Because why? We have fed on the bread that come down from heaven. I'll give it to you in a nutshell. Revelation 10, 1, I saw a mighty angel come down with an open book. That book was a revelation of 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The Lord himself come down from heaven with a shout. The shout is only a type of the bread. The bread is the message of the hour. John was told to take the book, eat the book up, and the book will transform your body. Let's, let's stand this one. I'll give it to you in a nutshell. I am that bread. Your father did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. But he, but this is the bread which is coming down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give to you is my flesh, which I give for your life of the world. The flesh of Jesus is good for food. The blood is good to drink. God forbid, Jesus. You're saying, I've got to eat your flesh and drink your blood to live. Yes, that's what he said. Is there a revelation there? Did he say it in a way that is veiled? People hadn't seen past the veil yet. His flesh is food indeed. My words are spirit and life. My words. So this one that comes down from heaven with an open book. The tree of life has now been unveiled or the gateway open. God is here now in attribute form that we call a message of the hour. And if you feed on that message, you will live. If you don't feed on it, you will die. Because that boy said nothing outside of this message will come to life. And Brother Branham said, you've got to eat. And I'll read you the quote. I'll give you the end of it. And that way we lose all the good benefits of, of it in, the, in between. Which I thought the great part of this message was that which we'll leave out. If I can find it. It isn't me. It wasn't the seventh angel. It was the manifestation of the Son of Man. Listen carefully now. This is not easily to grasp. It wasn't the angel. That's the man now. Messenger. His message. Mm -hmm. It was the mystery that God unfolds. Okay, where's life? Is in the mystery that God unfolds. It's not a man, it's God. The angel was not the son of man. He was the messenger from the son of man. The son of man is Christ. Let me congrats that. The son of man is Christ. That light, the Logos, that is called the word and the word is God. Watch. He is the one that you're feeding on. 
So you're not feeding on me. You're not, only, you're not even feeding on the words that I speak to you. Because the only words that can help you is the words that come down from heaven. You're feeding on the body word of the Son of Man, which is what? The Scripture broke down, revealed to where you can grasp, understand, and receive. And if you receive it, only requirement of you, glory to God, the only requirement is receiving the word into your spirit, your mind, and your heart. There is no works there. The only command is eat. In other words, receive, take into your being the message that has come down from heaven, and it will change your mortal body. It is a confession. Somewhere there is a confession that must come out of the mouth of this restored bride tree because what? Our confession is the fruit on the tree. And I always call it doctrine. Any tree that does not produce doctrine, pure vindicated doctrine, is the wrong fruit to eat. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for the knowledge and the understanding that you have come down from heaven in the form of this great spirit light, the Logos, the tree of life that was veiled in the Garden of Eden. Now we're in this last stage of restoration of this great bride tree. Your first bride failed, your second bride failed, but this bride, promised by your words, will not fail and will not fall. But we shall be united in marriage to the bridegroom that is here now, Lord. Christ in us, the hope of glory, this invisible union, that we have received your life in us, making us Christ in us, the hope of glory. May we understand and may we come to a complete confession that thou art the only true God, and you're the only one that has immortality in your being. Let us partake of your words. Let us partake of this message. Create a hunger in us, Lord, for those elements that we need to be able to change this body. We thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for the songs. We thank you for every effort that every soul here produced through the works of their flesh. Thank you for the singing. Thank you for the offerings. And all things of life that you have given to us. And let us freely receive that which you have freely given to us. Thank you for all things. And everybody said, Amen. What are we going to sing, pretty? I see the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I can see my father standing at the door. to go this morning. Glory to God. I see the bride light. Turn around and shake hands with somebody. It says it's about home time. Glory to God. My father standing at the door.
Holy Spirit. Come and anoint our souls. Freely give us to your life, Lord. Eat all the good things of God. Praise God. The devil's got to go. Sickness has to leave our bodies. Every spirit against the Word of God must leave. One more time, let's sing it out. I see the bright light. Thankful this morning for God's grace to us. 
Not one thing we've done to deserve it. Praise be to God. The, the gist of the sermon this morning, if you read the notes, eat and make your body. You will not transform. Your body will not be changed unless you're feeding, eating, partaking on the message of the hour. Eat the Word of God. Receive it into your being. It's life to the soul, health to the body, peace to the mind. It's everything that you have need of is in Christ, the tree of life. That mystery has been unveiled before us. We stand here with the greatest promise, the greatest position that's ever been given to man, period. And that is, he stands in our midst, and the only thing he commands that you must do to be a part of this great resurrection and translation is to eat. Eat. Receive the word of God for this hour. Not the legalistic points that I got to do's and that depresses me and puts me down in the dumps. Take all the glorious blessings that is in the tree of life. And there's no death there. There's no sickness in it. There's no penalties in it. You can freely come, freely eat. You can even be a pig if you want to. You can even eat more than you share and have to go out and tell somebody about it because you got more in you than you can hold. How many ever eat a good, let's just get down where we're all at, eat the best dessert that you ever tasted and put in your mouth? I guarantee you eat more than one piece. You eat more, you get so full, you say, boy, I'd sure like that, but man, this is so good. And the next time you see somebody say, man, I want to give you this good recipe. I eat this cake and it's so wonderful. You've got to try it. Well, you got a message. You got a bread, you got a sandwich, you got a steak, you got a salad, you got dessert, you got iced tea, and it's sweet until your flavor. You got a meal that's set before a king. And it's so wonderful, and we should be full up now that we can go tell everybody how great the meal is, the bread is that has come down from heaven. But the only bread that's going to do you any good is that which has come down from heaven. And I can only find one bread that come out of heaven for us, and that's the shout of 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, that we must eat on and feed on to be able to be changed to immortality, to rise to meet the Lord at the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is the hour. This is the time. Those in Jeffersonville are claiming that we're in the bride's revival now because of the rejoicing, the worship, everything that's going on at the tabernacle. I will agree that we're in the bride's revival. But it's only coming from the Word of God. Feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man that's not in the tomb, that doesn't have a grave marker where God was. He's right here in living epistles, read of all men. You and I are now the tree of life, and the fruit of our tree is the words that come out of your mouth that others can feed their own if they desire. Amen. God bless you, Brother Billy, Sister Judy. Glad to have you up this morning.